Hey, Lakeshore family, good to be back with you again. I tell you what, preaching uh, from a chair is uh, hasn't been easy, but I'm learning uh, to get used to it. I hope you're finding uh, what we're bringing to you each week to be helpful. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing replaces meeting uh, together, but we'll do the best we can uh, to get through this together. So if you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and grab it. Uh, the teaching's gonna be out of Hebrews 3. Again, we're going through Hebrews verse by verse. And uh, today we find ourselves at chapter three. I was originally gonna go through verses one through 11, but uh, the text is so rich, there's so much to cover. So what I'm going to do is just call an audible and actually cover uh, the first six verses this morning. So again, our text is Hebrews three, verses one through six. The name of the sermon uh, this morning or teaching is called uh, Learning uh, the Lessons with an S, Learning uh, the Lessons. And to simplify things, since you're in your living room, uh, and so it's easier to follow, let me give you three points or three things that I wanna emphasize this morning. Here are the three things. Number one, we're gonna learn, uh, learning to consider Jesus in all things. Again, number one, learning to consider Jesus in all things, learning from a good example, and then number three, learning to persevere. So those are the three points this morning. Okay, so let's look at point number one, learning to consider Jesus in all things. Let's look at verse one. This is a rich verse. Therefore, again, the word therefore is connecting to what we learned previously. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. I want you to notice that the writer, the Hebrew writer, addresses this part of the letter, the epistle, to holy brothers and sisters. This is a wonderful title. Christ is not ashamed to call you and I brothers and sisters. By virtue of becoming Christ's siblings, we become, you and I become, brothers and sisters to one another. We become brothers and sisters to one another in the church or the family of God. So we're connected to Christ and we're also connected to one another, those of us that are in Christ Jesus. We're also brothers and sisters. But as we look at the word holy, again it says holy brothers and sisters, let's take a deep dive on that. The word holiness is in view here. Now holiness is not something that can be achieved by man. You and I can't achieve holiness. We, we can't be made holy on our own. We have been found to be holy on the basis of the priestly sacrifice of Jesus. So this message is to those who share in the heavenly calling now, this is not a call to invite them to go to heaven. This is not a call that the Hebrew writer is inviting them to go to heaven. Uh, rather, it's a call from heaven. This is a call that says, consider Jesus. Again, let's look at verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. The word consider means something. It means to have a, con a concentrated attention. Again, uh, the word consider means to have a, concentra a concentrated, concentrated attention and to be in continuous 
observation. One translation for uh, consider, I believe out of the NIV, says this, to fix your thoughts on. Notice it's not fix your eyes on, it's fix your thoughts on. This is not saying give some of your attention or give partial attention or give little attention to Jesus. No, this is saying focus all of your energy. Focus all of your energy on him, meaning Christ. And as we consider him, again, the text says consider him, we must think on him or think on Christ rightly. What does that mean? Well, you can think of Christ wrongly. We may not understand God and who he is, his attributes and his holiness. And so it's critical that we think on Christ rightly. That is why the writer of Hebrews clarifies that we must think on Christ, not according to how we feel, but according to what the Bible says, according to what scripture says. And that'd be based upon his character. Again, verse one, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. When we see the word apostle here, it means the sent one, the sent one. And who was Jesus sent by? He was sent ultimately by the Father. So apostle means the sent one. What about this word high priest of our confession? This is meaning that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus is fully God and he is fully man. This speaks of the dual nature of Christ. Now this is a super important doctrine in the church. We must get that right. The dual, again, it's the dual nature of Christ on display in this text. So point number two, learning from a good example. It's obviously better to learn from a good example than a bad example. So we're gonna take a look at a good example. One of the patterns in the book of Hebrews, you may have noticed it, is Jesus, Jesus is greater than, or Jesus is better than, and then we kind of fill in the blank. That's been one of the patterns so far. We saw in previous chapters as it was described that Jesus is better than or greater than the angels. He was better than the priests. And now the pattern's going to continue in chapter three as the author takes on a giant, a massive figure in the history of God's people a giant in the faith, and his name is Moses. I want to read to you verses two through five and notice that it speaks of Moses a lot. Let's read it. He was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was in all God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Verse four, now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's household as a testimony to what would be said in the future. That's Hebrews three, two through five. Notice that the verses here are actually not dealing with Moses's faults. That's not what the text says. We're not talking about uh, all of the things that Moses did that was wrong. Quite the opposite here. Rather, what's happening is Moses in the text here is being recognized for being 
faithful. Now you and I know that Moses was less than perfect, but the scripture, scripture teaches us, it's giving us, um, it's letting us know that, that Moses is faithful, and he, and he certainly was. Uh, Moses, as it says in verse five, it says, Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's household. Again, Moses is being held up as an example for us to follow. We can learn from him. But why would the Hebrew writer use Moses as a good example and at the same time uh, really drill down on something and bring clarity to us about Moses? And we see that in verse 3 as it says, For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses. Now this is not a slight against Moses. It's just, it's, it's just making a fact right? It's that Jesus is greater than Moses. Moses was faithful, but Jesus is far superior. He is supreme. He is better than. Because Moses uh, was a hero to the people, this needed to be explained to them. Remember the audience. Uh, these are Jews. These are uh, people that be new to the faith. And Moses is this hero. As a matter of fact, uh, many would say that he was the greatest of all Hebrews and indeed the greatest man in their history. Remember, Moses, uh, I mean, the history of Moses is, is significant. We can the things that Moses did are, are all over God's word. He was the man who spoke to God in that burning bush. Remember that in Genesis 3? He was the man who would actually end up leading the children of Israel out of, bond, out of bondage to Egypt in Exodus 17. He was the greatest prophet, of course, until Jesus, but he was previously the greatest prophet. As a matter of fact, God communicated to other prophets indirectly. Let me say that again. God, God would actually communicate to other prophets indirectly, but with Moses, it was different. He communicated directly to Moses as God himself would explain to us in Numbers 12, 6 through 8. I'm going to read that to you as I want to prove that point that Moses, that God, God went directly to Moses. Check this out. Listen to what I say. If there is a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Uh, but not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. I speak with him, Moses, directly, openly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. It was Moses who received the Ten Commandments. It was Moses who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That is called the Pentateuch. Moses wrote it, of course, to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So when the writer says, Jesus is greater than, fill in the blank, this would be Moses, this is significant. This is a head tilt. Now, maybe to you and I, it's not a head tilt. We know that Jesus is greater than Moses. But during this time in history, it's saying something. It's saying something very weighty. It's significant that Jesus is greater than everything, including 
Moses. Brothers and sisters, Moses was a good example. Moses was a good example, and Moses is a faithful brother. He certainly did things that would make him worthy to be considered faithful by God. Scripture teaches us that. But Moses was just a man. Christ, in comparison or contrasting Moses to, with Jesus, Christ is the God-man. Moses is just a man. Christ is the God-man. Moses was a sinner who was judged for his sin. The sinless Christ is judged for the sins of the people. That's a big distinction, by the way. Moses would be the one who would lead the children of Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt, but he failed to lead them into the promised land. That's important and a big distinction because Christ leads his people out of bondage. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ, if you are in Jesus Christ this morning, if you've repented of your sins and placed your faith in him, check this out. Christ leads his people out of bondage to sin and takes them all the way to the promised land because the perfect man completed a perfect work on the cross. Indeed, my friends, God's wrath has been satisfied. And let me read to you verse five. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's household, as a testimony. The key word there is testimony. As a testimony, Moses was a testimony to what would be said in the future, Hebrews 3, 5. Moses was, in fact, a testimony of what would be said in the future. This verse is significant because it means that Moses was a shadowing of what was going to be true of Jesus Christ. You see, the ministry of Moses exi existed to testify about the things to come, to testify about Jesus. As a matter of fact, we could say with great confidence that the Old Testament, all of the Old Testament is simply an arrow that points to Jesus Christ. We take the Bible in its totality and look at the melodic line that goes through the Old Testament, there is an arrow that points to one man, and that is our Redeemer. That is our great high priest. That is the one who is greater than everything, fill in the blank. Jesus Christ is what this is pointing to. Okay, point number three, our last one, learning to persevere, learning to persevere. Now, this last verse that we're going to cover, verse 6, again, Hebrews 3, verse 6, has troubled many because it seems to suggest something. It, some would feel it suggests that salvation is actually conditional. Uh, that is not the case whatsoever. This verse does, however, introduce a major theme that runs throughout the book of Hebrews, that only those who persevere in the faith will be saved. Only those who persevere in the faith will be saved and that all who have genuine faith will persevere. That's an important distinction. But let's take a look at the verse that I'm speaking about. Again, verse six. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household and we are that household. 
That's talking about the Christians. And we are that household if, if we hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. Again, I want us to think about that word if. It's right in the middle of that verse. If, if we hold on to something, our confidence and hope. The if is a test of profession. It's a test. If you, it's, it's an if you persevere. Again, if is a test of profession. The true meaning is that we prove that we belong to God if we hold fast. That's what the verse means. The Bible says that the believer, if you're in Christ, if you are a child of God, a Christian, if you've been born again, the believer is going to bear fruit worthy of repentance. The writer here is saying, do you know how to tell a true believer from a false convert? Well, guess what? The true believer, you can tell by this, the true believer is going to persevere. There's gonna be a pattern of perseverance. Perseverance is evidence of one's true faith. The, uh, the writer here is admonishing the people to hold fast to their hope. You say that you believe this, then hold fast. Hang in there, persevere. We've got this. Brothers and sisters, we are to have a hope. We are to have hope that has expectation. Your hope should lead to something. It should believe something. It should believe what is true. What does the scripture say? What do we know about Jesus Christ? He's greater than. He's far superior than. We are to have hope that has expectation, that we expect everything that he says to come true that he will look after us, that we'll spend eternity with him, that that's all going to be worth this. He has made a way when there was no way for those that repent and place their faith in him. We are to have hope that has confidence. We have a hope that's confident and we have a hope that expects. We stand on God's word. We, we are secure in his promises. However, here's some bad news. Those that lose confidence in Christ those who lose confidence in Christ and his promises and return to sinful living, those that go back into the world, they prove something. They prove they were really never born again. As a matter of fact, 1 John 2.19, I'll paraphrase it, but they went out from us because they really did not even belong to us. You know, sometimes we get faked out. We'll see people come into the fold and and they leave and we say, what happened to so-and-so? And, and there's just no evidence of their salvation. I'm not talking about someone that walks away for a short season. I'm talking about a pattern of being unrepentant. The Bible says they went out from us because they really weren't even born again. They didn't persevere is the point. Spurgeon said these words, and I quote, temporary Christians are not really Christians. Very true. We must consider the Christ of the Bible, the Christ of the scriptures. So just to recap, we covered three things. We covered learning to persevere, learning from a good example, of course, we're speaking about Moses, and then learning to consider, that word was consider, learning to consider Jesus in all things. 
Brothers and sisters, we are certainly living in some uncertain times, <laughs> interesting times to say the least. This COVID-19 has got our world, our life, everything we do has been turned up, turned every which way but loose, and you know that I'm not exaggerating. Uh, many of us feel that we've been locked down. The Inland Empire, if you drive around Corona Riverside, any place, it just looks like it is completely shut down. Uh, brothers and sisters, I, there are stores that you want to frequent, I know that I want to frequent, that they're not even open for business. I can't even get a haircut right now. And that's the least of many people's worries. But I need you to understand something or I need to remind you of something. And again, I'm speaking with you, not at you. God is not shut down and God is very much open for business. That's important for me to share with you because some of you need to do business with this Father in heaven. You need to handle some business with our Lord in heaven. Specifically, have you allowed your walk with the Lord to drift? Have you wandered, to use the nautical terms that we've been dealing with in Hebrews, have you drifted away? Is it time to come back? Do you need to do business with our Father? Have you began to lose confidence? I know many of you are thinking, man, what am, what am I gonna do? I mean, th this world is changing drastically. Are you beginning to lose confidence or have you lost confidence? Dear one, I wanna encourage you to hold on. I mean, I really mean that. That's not pastor talk. I wanna encourage you to hold on. You can, you know. If you're in Christ, you can. Hold on. Hold on, get a tight grip on something. Get a tight grip on the one who will never let you go. You know, brothers and sisters, be encouraged by this, that if you're in Christ, he has never lost one yet. As a matter of fact, I wanna give you the word of God. John 10, 28, it says this, I give them eternal life. This is Jesus, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one, no one will snatch them out of my hands. Brothers and sisters, if you're in Christ, Christ ain't gonna lose you, but lean in. Have hope that the God who saved you is a God that's powerful enough to keep you. Have faith in that. Today, I would ask you to ask God, to help you, help you to persevere in whatever area that you need help persevering in. You might know that as I shared it with you. Maybe I'll give you some help. Persevere in the uncertainty that we're all experiencing. Maybe you need some help there. You've got a job that you've lost. Melinda Carpenter, Persevere, girl, we got you. The church is gonna wrap our arms around you, but maybe this week's the day that someone of you might get your pink slips. I don't know, but persevere. But you know, some of you are thinking about your finances. Some of you are unable to connect with your family. You got kids, maybe they're in another state and you can't get to them and you miss them. You long for them. Uh, maybe right now you're, you know that you need to persevere because you're prone to wander. Your mind is prone to wander. Your feet are wandering right now. Ask God to help you to persevere. 
Brothers and sisters, when you cry out to God and you ask him to help you, he's going to help you. Remember what the word of God says, when you knock on the door and ask God to help you, he's not gonna give you a snake. He's not gonna give you what you don't need. He's gonna give you exactly what you need. But cry out to him, put it on the table. Tell him you need help persevering. These are some tough times right now. But Jesus is for you. He's not against you. He's for you and he wants to help you. Put your trust in the one who's worthy of our trust, the one that's greater than Jesus Christ. You know, as I was thinking about what I taught on today, I was thinking about those who don't persevere. I was thinking about those who went out from us because they were never of us. I'm speaking about the person that's not a Christian. I wanna to speak directly to those who, maybe there was a time long ago where maybe you're at a crusade and, and you heard the gospel, maybe you came forward, maybe it was at a church service where you came forward or maybe you're even baptized, but, but you know that there's something wrong, that you've never truly, really given your life to Christ. You've never surrendered to him. Is that you? Uh, maybe you got caught up in the emotion and, and, and your intentions were good, but you went forward and, but there was no life change. I wanna be clear with you. The Bible says that when you're truly saved, the Lord will give you a new heart now, metaphorically, a new heart with new desires, that you will begin to love the things that God loves and begin to hate the things that God hates. There's a pattern of holiness. It's not perfect, but there's a pattern that you're, you're, you're going in the right direction. You're going to the cross, if you will. You're, you're dying to self, again, not perfectly. Have you ever truly trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you bearing fruit? If you're not, I would just warn you that you're probably not a Christian. I wanna say you're not, but only God knows. But if you're not bearing fruit, if there's no pattern of holiness, you're not likely to be a Christian. Today, I will ask you, I will implore you, I will beg you. Today, cry out to God. Repent of your sins, turn from that old lifestyle and place your faith in Jesus Christ. He will, in fact, give you a new heart with new desires. It's not gonna be perfect, but he's gonna help you. He's gonna help you to persevere. He is the hope that I've been speaking about this morning. John 3, 16 says these words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes upon that son shall not perish, but have everlasting Brothers and sisters, cry out to God. Stand on that verse, John 3, 16. That is the gospel in miniature. Repent and believe the gospel. You won't regret it. He is who he says that he is. Jesus is greater than fill in the blank, everything. I love you, church.